We've been in an amazing series called It's Time. And we've been asking the question, what is it time for in our lives that glorifies God? You see, time. Time is the most valuable resource we've ever been given. And you can invest it or you can lose it, but you can never get it back. You can live your life in a way that invests that time for the future and into future generations and into your life's purpose, or you can lose it, you can waste it away. You can't ever give it, get it back. And so we've been talking about how in the New Testament there's two primary words for time. One is the word chronos and one is the word kairos. Chronos, like chronological, like um, days, months, weeks, years, birthdays, anniversaries. Kairos, that's a different kind of word. That's a word that represents the time of God's purpose. Kronos asks, what time is it? Kairos asks, what is the time for? Those are two very different questions. And take a look at actually the slide above me. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but we've been in this series for four weeks. And so every single week, we've been adding X's to the calendar, showing the movement of time. Some of you are like, my mind is blown. Because time is moving. And so God wants to have us use our time for a purpose, to capture more of the kairos. He literally gives us chronos so that we can capture more kairos in our lives. And so this is our fifth and final week. You can see that there's still an opening on that calendar because as long as it is today, today is a day that God wants to move in our lives. As long as it's called today, today is a day that we can pull down more of what's in heaven down to earth. So it's time to respond. When you came in, you got one of these cards. Go ahead and pull that out. Pull out that card. Because we want to take some time right now to just talk about what God's been speaking to us and then to respond by faith. I really challenge you as I'm talking right now and as we're thinking back on what God has spoken to our church, take time to write it down. What is it time for in your life that glorifies God? As you have a sense of the things that he's been speaking to you, or if you heard something during the series, write that down. Or maybe even you hear something right now, write that down. You see, Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything under the heavens. Even that verse, I just, I just picked up on this. Even that verse connotates two different things. Actual time and seasons. Actual time that God wants to move and seasons where he wants to speak specific things to us for a purpose. What is the time for? That's, the, that's what we're going to answer today. That's what we want to do. We want to really respond before we move forward into anything else. And so if you remember back... As we started off this series, we said, first, first week, we said, it's time to move. It's time to move. And not just like move like spastically or sporadically, like moving in a way that glorifies God. I had this thought, too many of us move away from the things of God because we never actually move with God. Maybe you've seen that in the world recently, people moving away from the things of God because they don't actually move forward with God by faith. We're not meant to sit by sight, we're meant to move by faith to walk by faith in Jesus. Check out James 2.17, faith by itself, it is not, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So it's not actually enough to have a thought about how to move, we have to actually move. We have to actually move forward with God in what he's asking us to do. We've seen some amazing movement across the Valley Creek family, even during this series. I wanna tell you a few of the stories. First of all, we've seen amazing movement of people moving towards the Valley Creek family, into the Valley Creek family. Um, one time, uh, just within the last few weeks, a pizza guy was delivering pizzas to our worship team for their practice. 
And he started asking him questions like, hey, I've heard a lot about your guys' church. I'd, I'd like to know maybe, you know, what's it all about? And then they explained our vision, we're a movement of hope for the city and beyond. And then they actually gave him a tour of the campus. And by the time that they were done, getting their pizza delivered for the pizza guys, like, I'm going to come check out your church. So we're seeing movement of people even towards us. That also happened, by the way, with a camera guy at the Louisville campus. He came to fix one of our cameras on, uh, on the campus. He ended up talking with our team. He said something along the lines of, the atmosphere in this place is just something I want to be a part of. So he started attending the Louisville campus. So we're seeing a lot of movement, even in people moving towards us. We're also seeing a lot of movement of what's happening among us. So we've seen healings, we've seen breakthroughs, we've seen restored uh, relationships and hearts many times through prayer at the end of service. So I wanna encourage you, that, that's an area where if you ever have a sense like, I probably should have somebody pray for me, and that takes a humility, that takes a willingness, I'm just saying, you walking forward and having that conversation, it's amazing what that can release in the spiritual realm. It's amazing with how God can move on your behalf when you take a step forward. So I really encourage continued movement to, uh, to receive prayer and to pray for and to have meaningful conversations on the weekends. We've seen a ton of movement in the next gen. It's been unbelievable what God's been doing in the next generation at Valley Creek. It's been blowing my mind. And so it's time to move. But not just like move, you know, spastically or sporadically, not just quiet quitting, not just great resignation, moving in a way that glorifies God, moving in a way that actually brings Jesus into every area of our life. It's time to move by faith. So here's the question. Where is it time for you to move in a way that glorifies God? If you've sensed that during the series, go ahead and grab your pen, begin to write that down. Where is it time to move in a way that glorifies God? In the second week, we said it's time to be planted. I think too many of us, per, per what Pastor John said, we live right on the borderline of the pasture of this world and the field of the kingdom of God. We're not meant to live on the borderline. We're meant to live right smack in the middle to be planted in the people of God, with the people of God, in green pastures, beside still waters, right in the middle of God's church, God's people. So you're meant to live in the people of God. And when you do, you will flourish. Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Palm trees able to withstand hurricanes. Cedars of Lebanon, trees of purpose growing big and strong in their life. They will flourish in the courts of their God, in the house of the Lord. They will still bear fruit in old age. What I really liked about this week is that God deepened our revelation. Being part of the people of God is how you stay fresh and flourishing, but ultimately it leads you to your life's purpose to bear fruit for other people to feast on. It leads you to your life's purpose to bear fruit in all ages of life that as you grow, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, if you're planted with the people of God, your life will bear fruit for others to feast on. It's so much bigger than just us. It's so much bigger than just our generation, our stuff, our thoughts, our desires. It's to bear fruit all the way into old age. As I get older, I want to get more fruitful. I want to, I want to tell weirder dad jokes and like things that make people feel awkward. And I want to have so much fruit in my life that people want to feast on what God's been speaking to me. I want to just, I want to just exude the life of Jesus, but I can't do that on my own. I have to do that in a community full of faith. I have to do that in the people of God planted where I've been, um, where I've been planted. 
I want to tell this story to you. I actually had a, uh, a chance to talk with a guy that decided to get replanted into Valley Creek. His family has been here about 10 years, and they said that it's just been a hard season, man. They've had everything from car accidents to sickness to just crazy stuff at work. And in their case, over the 10 years they've been at Valley Creek, they've seen a fair amount of their friends and the people they once did life with kind of uh, flitter off, just kind of fade away into wherever. And recently they had a, uh, some significant changes in both their circle of people they ran with and just, you know, it, welcome to all of what a lot of people are experiencing right now. And they made a decision to double down on being planted. So they heard this word and they were like, that's us. We're going to be planted in the house of the Lord. We're going to be fresh and flourishing. We're going to bear fruit. And so basically they doubled down on their giving. They, uh, he, after a long time, decided to jump in and start serving in students. They came to a brand new, they got into a brand new circle, which listen, if you've been around a decade saying, I'm gonna jump into a brand new group of people, that's like, that's like being a freshman in high school sometimes. You're like, all right, what's this gonna be like? But they did it and they did it full of faith and they're taking a step forward because Jesus asked them to. And so they are going to flourish. They're gonna to continue to see flourishing and fruit in their own lives. I'm so proud of them for taking that step forward. That's really, really, really hard. So maybe that's you, maybe you're hearing it right now and you're thinking, yeah, I haven't actually planted here. I'm not fully rooted in here. Can I just encourage you? Today's the day. The season's the season. This Kairos time is the Kairos time that God's inviting you to that, to really, um, to get in a circle, to have meaningful relationships, to make connections, to truly make this not just a church that you attend, but a house that you were planted. Yeah. To truly make this the people of God that you're deeply rooted into. That is the, that's the invitation. It's time to be planted. So go ahead and look at your card. <laughs> Grab a pen and write that down. Where and how is it time to be planted? What is the Lord inviting you to? What has he spoken to you during this series? It's time to be planted. In the third week, we said it's time to make it right. Look at this out of Hebrews chapter 12. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Sometimes the make it right peace and not letting those bitter roots take hold of our heart are the very way that we keep from missing the grace of God. The grace of God that's pouring over our life all the time. The grace of God the favor, the unending favor of God that's for each one of us, that is, um, it's available, it's complete, it's accessible in Jesus' name. The only way that you could possibly fall short of that, possibly miss it, is if bitter roots start to take root in your heart. The only way that you miss out on what's real in Jesus' name is when something else starts to grab your attention or take over the only place that, that your heart should have Jesus sitting on the throne. And so, it's time to make it right. It's time to apologize, to forgive, to be thankful for. And so this is a deep waters week, man. I believe the Lord did some profound things among us as we took this journey of, um, of being willing to just say, I'm sorry for, I was wrong, will you please forgive me? I think just that phrase was so impactful that just like starting to just boldly walk that forward is part of what God wanted to to put into the Valley Creek family. That takes security in Jesus, it takes humility, it takes a willingness to go first in those conversations. Remember that week we heard if, if we would go first in apologizing, we'd probably spend less time in forgiving? Do you remember that one, that apologies should be, we should be quick to apologize, quick to walk that out. I heard an amazing story connected to this week, I wanna share this with you. So there's a dad here at Valley Creek, he's been really moving forward on his journey. Um, 
and it's just like profound things over probably the last five or six years in his life. And about eight years ago, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. Um, he's just a very different person than who he is now. And he had had a, a pretty significant fallout with one of his older daughters. And she was about 17, and it was just the friction of like, you know, you don't listen to me, you don't tell me what to do, you know, all the kinds of stuff that you can imagine in a household. And so he, in his response to her, said, well, you know what, you live under my roof, all my stuff is yours, including all the money you've made at your job. So he actually took possession of all of her funds, and they had a pretty significant rift over that period of time. And during the It's Time to Make It Right week, he really felt like God was saying, <laughs> oh, he felt like God was saying, you need to clear your savings account, give it all to her, both to pay back what was taken and to bless her going forward. So he processed with his wife. They did it in unity. Out of nowhere, gave her all of that money. And it is like transforming the family. So she, in her mid-20s now, is um, her heart's opening up and hospitality and, and, and want to hang out with you guys and just all that that blessing is doing inside of her. And so here's the question. It may not look like that. It may not be as drastic as that. Did you, did you act on whatever the Lord said? Did you act on it's time to make it right? For the apology, for the forgiveness, for gratitude. Man, I... I want to live with a whole nother level of gratitude in this next season. I want to have a thankfulness that just pours out of me. I actually really specifically wanted to say to you guys, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for what we have inside the Valley Creek family. I'm thankful for the people that pour in my daughters each and every week because they, tell, because they tell our daughters all the things that we really want to get way down deep in their heart, but for some reason when it comes from someone else, they understand it more. All those kind of things. I'm so thankful for that. We don't get that on our own. And so thank you, Valley Creek, because I am being transformed. I'm being shaped. I'm being challenged. And my family is flourishing. I'm so thankful for what we have here. I'm thankful because this is the kind of church that growing up, I always wished would be real, but I didn't know if it was. Like I always hoped it could be true. And now we're actually living in it and we're, we're like seeing that reality play out. I'm thankful. So thank you. Thank you for those of you that serve and give and, and part of it and encourage and, and show up here and, and cheer us on for what God's called us to do and who he's called us to be. Thank you. It's a really, really, really big deal. I want gratitude to grow inside my own heart. So take your card. Take a look at that and ask the question, where is it time to make it right? Have you acted upon it? Can't just be here's the word. We have to be doers. We have to actually do something about it. In week four, last week, we said, it's time to seek God. It's time to seek God because it's always time to seek God. It's time to seek God because seeking God is where we find life. Check it out, Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else. All these things will be given to you as well. You have desires in your heart you want to see come to pass? Seek God. You got plans for your family and, 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 and your job and things you wanna see come true for your life? Seek God. Seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. Look to him first. And everything else will be added to you as well. It's time to seek God, because it's always time to seek God. Seeking God is where we find life. Seeking God 
is where the intersection of Kronos, time, and God's time, Kairos, come together. And at the intersection of those two things, that's where we live in the light of eternity. I want to live in the light of eternity. I want to seek God in everything that I am and everything that we do and every part of us. And so, so I invite you to ask the question, where in your life is it time to seek God? With that decision, uh, with that situation, with that relational turmoil, where is it in your life to seek God? In worship, in putting him first, in, in, in putting him at the front of your calendar. When your calendar checks off the X's at the end of every month, literally saying, okay, next month, I'm gonna place you into every one of those positions. I give you the whole thing, God. I'm gonna seek you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, and everything else in my life will come together. I wanna live in that light of eternity. I've been seeing that so much across the Valley Creek family. I gotta tell you this story from last weekend. So last weekend we got to see the student leadership um, kickoff for the year. So like a whole bunch of students at Valley Creek are, are specifically taking a step in student leadership. That's awesome. Uh, that's what we're about. We're a church uh, raising up generations of hope carriers. And at the student leadership event on a Saturday morning, towards the end of the event, the students got to pray over one another. They didn't just get prayed for, they got to do the praying. They got to be, um, they got to basically commission one another and just pray the Holy Spirit into the year and into the semester. So they went around the table and they all did that. It was the sweetest thing in the world watching the sixth graders like just say like, I anoint you in Jesus' name as they're praying over another sixth grader. Here's the part that just blew my mind. So I look over at one of the tables of the high school boys and they had, uh, they had stood up so that they could lay hands on and pray over their leader. So just imagine them finishing up at the table and being like, oh, we're gonna pray for you guys. And so they, they gathered around, they started to bless their leader. Now what they didn't realize is, this particular leader that they were blessing is somebody who's been at Valley Creek for like forever and just happens to be like an international missionary. So he's back in the United States after being an international missionary for the last five years. He's back in, you know, in the mix with us at Valley Creek. It's awesome. He decided to jump in and start coaching the students and being a student leader. And here they are, praying for this giant of the faith, declaring the goodness of God over his life, seeking God on his behalf. And most of them probably didn't even fully understand who they were sitting with at the time or what that represents. And here's the thing, it doesn't even matter because all of them have the Holy Spirit just like he does and they can seek God and find it for themselves just like he can and they can bless him. They can bless him in a way that, that, that declares the goodness of God into his life and it was profound. And I stood there watching, I was like, you, are you kidding me right now? Is this, this is amazing. And that's what happens when you seek God first and everything, when you place him at the forefront of your life and of this church and what he's called us to, when we seek him and everything else gets added as well. So where in your life is it time to seek God? Take out your paper, begin to write that down. I really wanna encourage you, if you haven't written down anything yet, write down something. We started this entire series saying, what is it time for? We have no idea. But we know that the Holy Spirit wants to speak in a way that he can actually reveal it to us over these four, now five weeks of doing this together. Write down something by faith. Write down something by faith. We can't, uh, can't sit by sight, we gotta walk by faith. I really feel like the Lord also spoke for this weekend. All this, all this series, all this time, 
It's been more about perceiving than seeing. It's been more about sensing than just like what you're, what you're hearing and what you're seeing in the, in the physical. So what do you sense? What do you perceive? What's the Lord wants you to write down on that paper? Go ahead and do that now. And as we finish out, the way we wanted to finish today, like we do a lot of times, is just to say, what if we took communion? So right now, all of our teams are going to begin to get up and distribute communion. And uh, the reason we want to do that is because if you're going to say it's time to respond, the very best way to remember how Jesus responded to us is by taking communion. You see, communion is just a representation of who Jesus is and what he's done. Communion is to be taken by everybody who's put their faith in Jesus. So if that's you, if you've declared Jesus as Lord, and you're invited to take with us. In the case of all of the things we talked about during the It's Time series, all four of those things are honestly exactly what Jesus did for us. Week one, it was time to move. Jesus moved into our neighborhood full of grace and truth. He was the one that came to us when we desperately needed him. When the time had fully come, God sent Jesus, born of a virgin, to redeem those under the law, one under the law that redeemed us from everything that we had to be redeemed from. He moved to us. He moved into our neighborhood. It was time. And when it was time, he came. And then Jesus was planted. He was planted both in the people of God, but now he's planted himself into our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the proof that Jesus is always with us, that he's planted right smack in the middle of our lives. He planted himself where we needed him most, right here, right in us. He was planted. Week three was, it's time to make it right. Jesus made it right. Hebrews says, as far as the east is from the west, so I have forgiven their sins. I remember them no more. Jesus made it right. And in doing so, he made us righteous. In right standing with God, Jesus made it right. That was at a time when we had no hope of making it right on our own. He made it right. The final one was, it's time to seek God. So Jesus taught us how to truly seek the Father and everything he did, he only did what he heard the Father saying, he only did what he saw the Father doing. He sought God, he taught us what it looked like to live a life fully seeking, fully chasing after the kingdom of God, a life of restful movement, a life of looking to the next thing that God had in his kingdom. Jesus taught us how to seek the Father. He showed us what it was like to seek God. You see, he, Jesus, stepped into our time and it changed everything. So when we take communion, we remember that the very God that created time stepped into time and now he invites us to experience his time, his life, his purposes. What is it time for in our lives that glorifies the Lord? What is this time for? What's this right now? What's this time for? What's this moment for? When Jesus was with his disciples, he took the bread and he said, this bread 
is like my body. It's going to be broken for you. It's going to be broken so that you'll be made whole. I'm going to lose the rest of my life so that you can gain yours. I'm going to run out of time so that you'll always be able to experience eternity, all of it, all of time. So whenever we take this bread together, we do it in remembrance of him. Let's take the bread. In the same way he took the cup, he said, this is a cup of a new promise between God and man, a new covenant. No longer will be based on what you've done and how you can achieve or how you can earn or strive. I'm going to make it right for all of us. So he lifted the cup and he said, every time you drink of this, remember what I've done. My blood shed for you. Whenever we drink of it, let's remember him. Let's take the cup together. So Jesus, thank you that uh, everything in your life was about glorifying God. Everything in your life was about seeing time as a resource and using that for the good of others and the glory of God. I pray, God, that what you've just imparted into our church during this series, that it will go way down deep, that we will take hold of it, that we will take our cards that we wrote on today, that we won't just be hearers of the word. We're going to do something with it. We're going we're gonna to start to see our time as a resource, our life as a gift. We're going to start seeing and asking the question, what is this time for that glorifies God? Why? Why have I been given these days? Why have I been planted in this place? Why am I uh, encouraged to seek your face and to live in full reconciliation with those around me? Why, God? That we'd see it differently and we'd perceive things, not just see them. So Jesus, we choose to perceive you today who you are and what you've done in your name. Amen.